And we're live here, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Script on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Have a good show here today. And uh, last time we tried this show, like my computer completely exploded. There was flames in the room, uh, lost Wi-Fi. I, I made these two guys uh, host the show for me. Um, but since then, I upgraded the Wi-Fi. Hopefully, uh, all is good and well in the world now. But uh, if you guys are tuning in, we got a redraft focus show today. Uh, we're, we're hitting a bunch of different topics. And I told um, these guys uh, privately, I'm like, hey, sometimes the simple topics make for a good show. And we're getting closer and closer to redraft season. So uh, before we jump into anything fantasy football related, I want to make sure I introduce both of these guys. So uh, next to me, to my left or right, depending on how your screen looks, uh, I got Joe who writes for Fantasy Pros. You do uh, content with uh, Fantasy Data, Triple Play. That's a great group of guys who I've known since I started in this space. Uh, Club Fantasy as well. I, you know, I cracked the joke last time, but nobody probably heard it. But I, I said this guy has never lost a celebrity boxing match, so you have to always throw that in there as well. But uh, Joe, Joe, where can we find you for uh, the people that are listening in their car, maybe tomorrow or the next day? And uh, why don't you talk about what you, uh, you got going on? I mean, you can find me on all social media, JPEP20. Like I said last week, I made it very simple for myself, so I don't log myself out by mistake. Uh, find me anywhere at JPEP20. Find a few new articles coming to Fantasy Pros. You might see me in another celebrity boxing match in August and another celebrity sport that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. So we got to sign that contract first. All right. All right. So we got some some news to, to come, it sounds like. Uh, news dropping soon. Uh, Colin, <laughs> below me. You, uh, Colin plays, um, <clears throat> fantasy, fantasy football leagues that, that I have been uh, in for a while. We got a couple, uh, home leagues that we play in together. Uh, I know you have, uh, contributed to IDP guys as well, but, uh, if I literally had a list off, like the most competitive guys in my home leagues, it, it Colin's at the top of that list. Cause we're always meeting in like the fucking semifinal or something like that, uh, year in and year out. So always glad, uh, talking football with you, um, he stood up in my wedding. I stood up in his, so this is my guy. But uh, Colin, man, same same question. Uh, what's up and uh, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, man, not too much. Just kind of been uh, dealing with a lot of wedding stuff going on lately. Uh, took a little break from the content creation just to kind of focus on some prior or just prioritizing things. And um, you can find me at Shotgun Fantasy. Um, hopefully, I'll be dropping some content soon uh, with the IDP guys. Um, with those guys, you can find them at idpguys.org. Um, we actually just dropped um, a few cool tools with them um, as, with the Rookie Draft Magazine and their uh, IDP Draft Kit. So feel free to check that out. Um, and, yeah, just Nick hit it on the head, man. We've been super competitive through fantasy leagues for years now. And it's just – it's been great, great competition because it's always fun to have that one guy where you just, like, you want to beat him every time you play. And, like, just the, the trash talk's always there. So it's always a good time with uh, playing with Nick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, uh, we, we both hate losing to each other. That's for sure. But, uh, as always, this podcast is partnered up with the fantasy points media group. If you go to fantasypointscom slash subscribe, one-stop shop for everything you're looking for articles, uh, rankings, um, best ball DFS, everything's in one spot. Uh, you can use the promo code P2W22. If you are tuning in, we have a great redraft show hitting a bunch of different topics and uh, we'll get there in a second. Yeah, 
All right, so I got a series of different topics today to talk about redraft focus. So again, redraft being your one season leagues that you might play at, you know, at, at, at with your uh, home buddies or, you know, at the office or maybe with some random people on Twitter, but one year leagues and uh, it's very focused on the now. But um, I want to ask you guys, we'll go, uh, we'll go Joe Collin. Uh, before we talk about any of these specific topics, what what's a mistake people make too often, you think, in redraft leagues? Because I, obviously we, we, we sit and pound the table all the time about like, this is a sleeper. Go do this. Like, this is how you win, this and that. But I feel like we don't really touch on the, the negative side of things that maybe we need to be aware of. So what, what comes to mind for, for you, Joe? So for me, I think it's people that get too nervous once they see a train happening, whether it be quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Once they start seeing like three, four of one position, they think they just have to go for the next guy, even if they don't like them. So for me, it's like, okay, if you start seeing, and it doesn't happen like this way, but like, let's just say you start seeing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and whatnot, you see him bouncing off the board. Don't rush for a guy. Just wait. He'll come. You'll be okay. All right. Colin, anything building off of that, and uh, what's uh, what's some of your thoughts? Uh, well, just to kind of piggyback off that, uh, one thing I would say is uh, this is I've kind of had in mind for more of like the not so like fantasy expert, like how we play and like all the stuff that we know, but like I would say grabbing too many like one positional uh, players, like quarterback, tight end, or defense. Like I think drafting like. Uh, more than one of those is just kind of you don't really have to like in your actual draft I would more so like wait till after the draft and kind of assess there and see if like maybe you need to drop someone to pick up another like tight end that like because you don't really have a good tight end but I wouldn't yeah. draft like multiple positions of those uh, said positions that'd be like one thing I would say and I, I I think we see that happen pretty often Um, I I've seen it where like it's a one quarterback league and it's not the the biggest of benches, but we we want to roster those like big name guys. We want to have like you know three or four guys um, that obviously everybody knows because everybody knows quarterbacks, and and it's kind of useless because you're you're um you're not going to be able to beat the waiver wire a lot of times for those guys that blow up because you're you're wasting a spot on your bench. Like if I I'm starting Justin Herbert every single week, I don't need you know. Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Daniel Jones on my bench because I think they're all sleepers. I'm going to play <laughs> Justin Herbert every single week, but then I'm, I'm going to be missing out on other guys that I'll have to bid on or, um, you know, hit the waiver wire button for. Um, any any, uh, any comments on that one, Joe? No, I, I fully agree with that. I think I think he nailed it on the head. I'm not trying, like you said, Daniel Jones, Trey Lance. Like, I don't need to grab four or five people if I have a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert. Like, I'm not even grabbing another one. I'll just wait till the bye week and then I'll do my flop and switch there. And uh, other side of the ball. So obviously you talk about a little bit of negative stuff, uh, positive side. Colin, what's uh, give me one piece of redraft advice because again, like these seem like super common topics and you know, a lot of us have played fantasy football for a long time, but you kind of hit it on the head. Like we can't always expect people to be, you know, degenerate diehards like uh, like we are, where we're like diving in this shit like nonstop and, you know, playing in 20 leagues and stuff like that. But what, what's something that comes to mind? Uh, one thing that I thought of uh, is when you have, let's say, in your first probably like one to four rounds, uh, you know, obviously you're grabbing like a top name, top guy um, in within those rounds and say they get off to a bad start. I think the worst thing you can do is trade those guys for less value um, just because you're not happy with the results so far. 
And I think you have to sometimes just stay water and just kind of wait because to me, the more important part of the fantasy season is the last eight weeks. So yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to like get rid of someone just because you don't think that they're going to, you, or you think they're just going to do that all season because that's not usually the case. So usually I would, or I would just say to just hold your studs and just kind of wait and see before you just trade guys away and lose value. Yeah, I feel like you get very reactionary in a redraft just because like dynasty, you're like taught like, hey, have some have some patience with certain guys and it's okay to bench and stash guys. And for redraft, you know, you go on a two game losing streak and now people start freaking out and just saying, I got to like blow up my team right now and change everything. And and I need to, uh, you know, um, trade trade away my value and spread my team out or vice versa and things like that. So redraft can be pretty reactionary, but you got to you have to be careful because we see it happen all the time where guys have, you know, a slow start and then they blow off the rest of the year or, um, you know, you, you try to capitalize on value because you don't think it's going to last. And then it, it does last. So, um, Joe, Joe, any, any further thoughts on that? And then, uh, give me, give me yours. Uh, hit me with the question again. Cause I was fixing the audio while. Oh, we hey, you sound good now, man. Yeah. You sound, <laughs> sounds good. There we go. No, uh, just, we talked about like the, uh, um, the negative sides of things, you know, mistakes. What about uh, a, just a simple piece of advice for redraft? I mean, I think especially if it's one quarterback, which is still the majority of people, like the simple piece of advice is just wait on that quarterback. Like you really don't have to rush for him. And I always seem to find everyone who picks that quarterback nice and early, they don't like their team as much as everybody else who's looking down at their paper or whatever they wrote their team on. They're like, wow, look at all these wide receivers, running backs, studs. Just load up at the positions that have two or three spots that you need to fill every week. Worry about that quarterback later. Because it comes up every year where it's like Mahomes or Lamar or Josh, depending on the year. And it's like we go too early all the time, and that's a problem. And I think that kind of – shifts into a, a piece of the, the show sheet at some point. So I'll probably hold my thoughts there because uh, I think, uh, I think Colin's going to touch on that. Uh, it's a, it's a good, good piece of advice just in general there. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just finish it 100%. off with saying, saying that you have to be extremely active for the duration of the redraft season. You have to hit the waiver wires. Um, you have to uh, pay attention to injury news. Uh, you should look to trade to make your team better because that's the whole focus is to have the best possible team that you can have out there on a weekly basis. And a lot of people take too many weeks off. And uh, just being somebody that's active for, you know, 15 weeks or 14 weeks of football sometimes pushes you over the edge of a team that's got a better team than you. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, simple piece of advice. Um Let's get a question from the, the chat real quick. Angie, who is awesome, uh, asks, I'm drafting a lot of Chris Olave in all formats, but mostly best ball. What's your thoughts on him being a starter from the beginning? So Chris Olave, Saints took him in the the, uh, the first round out of Ohio State. Uh, Profiles is a really, really smooth route uh, runner. Um, he scored a, a decent amount of touchdowns, too, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, while at Ohio State, Justin Fields and him, they had a great connection. He was Justin Fields' go-to guy. Um, I think it was 19 and 20, and then it kind of shifted, and it was JSN and, and Garrett Wilson when Fields was gone. But uh, either one of you guys can jump in here. What's your, what's your thoughts on Chris Olave um, with him being a starter from the beginning? Me first? Okay. Yeah, you started up. Um, started up. No problem. Yeah, so actually, like, for me, uh, a lot of my dynasty drafts, um, I actually got a few shares of Chris Olave myself, uh, and I'm actually pretty excited um, because this class wasn't very, um, I would say, ranking heavy. Like, it's kind of like after the first, like, two or three, it's kind of like 
a wide range of, uh, of what could happen. Um, but I think Chris Olave is going into a good situation in terms of the Saints right now don't really have a specific wide receiver one. I mean, they have Michael Thomas, but we don't really know where he is in that rehab, which is crazy because it's been two years now. Um, so the, the sky's the limit right now, I would say, for that wide receiver room. I know they have Jarvis Landry now too, but I think with the athleticism of Chris Olave, I think he could really make his mark uh, year one. But it's, it's tough to see just because of how rookies are kind of worked in. I mean, even over the last couple of years, like Justin, uh, Jefferson started a little slow. Chase started a little slow. Like, well, it'll it'll be interesting to see, but I think he's he's got a good position right now because of how that wide receiver room is stacked up right now. Joe, yeah, Joe, I mean, same I, page or, or or different. I'm kind of on the same page. I have I have a rule that I loosely follow about trying to get the wide receiver one of the team on my teams, and like you said, Mike Thomas, he's been out. We haven't seen it for a while. I know I feel like I'm going down the sheet a little bit, so I'm trying to leave some stuff out so we can talk about it later. <laughs> But but Chris Olave could end up being the wide receiver one. I don't think that's going to be Jarvis Landry in any sense of the word. The only person that can fight him for that is Michael Thomas. He's getting up there in age. He's coming off this rehab. He hasn't played in forever. And Chris Olave just runs routes so beautifully that I think he could be like another Godwin-esque player for Jameis Winston back, you know, on his 5,000-yard season. So I'm all for Chris Olave because I want that wide receiver one. And when you get down to where his ADP is, there's not many opportunities for that. And he's one of the few. Yeah, I'm with you too. I I, I typically try to, <clears throat> you know, look at, you know, ADP to a, to a decent degree, but then like figure out, you know, who, who, who has the, the ability to either like running back position, who has a, the best chance to touch the ball the most wide receiver position, who has the best chance to have the most targets. And, it, 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 you can look at that situation and say it's up for grabs. I, I like that she put in best ball there because, you know, Landry doesn't have a massive injury history, but he's getting up there and last season he was banged up. And then Michael Thomas has had this like weird ass, like, you know, uh, he was amazing. And then he's been like out with like an ankle issue for like two years now. So we don't really know what that's, uh, that's looking like. So to me that that whole wide receiver room is a bit, you know, complex because it's such a big range. Michael Thomas could be for sure the alpha and lead everything. Uh, he could not even play the first X amount of weeks. Chris Olave might step in and, and be that wide receiver one. Maybe it's Landry. It's it's tough. But I think if you if you did like Chris Olave in college and you do like Jameis Winston, you like the system and the potential, then I'd say for redraft, I don't mind taking a stab at him and throwing him on the bench, especially if you think he's got a little bit of upside there. And uh, three weeks into the season, you know, he's getting three targets a week. Then you just cut ties. You know, I mean, I mean, if there's an injury, maybe he pops yeah. up later, but that's the beauty about uh, redraft versus dynasty is that you can cut ties, you know, if you're, if you're not liking what you're seeing. Um, so that's a good, that's a good question from Angie. And uh, let's, let's pivot it into the, uh, the actual show here. So redraft topics today. First one I want to bring up fading at cost in all caps there. Well, I didn't know it was gonna be that big, but uh, I, just did a you mean it. You mean it. And I, I know like I, I'm not playing, I'm not playing with the show sheet, but um, I, I did a, uh, I did a, a show the other day uh, where I, I did something like this. It was fading at cost. So I don't want to, you know, dive into my guys necessarily, but some of the guys that I mentioned for various reasons on that podcast were uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mike Kosecki, Debo, MBS, Akers, and Gibson. And I didn't, I wasn't saying that I thought that they were all going to bust. I just didn't like where they were going in drafts, and I prefer some guys after them. So I said because of the cost, and by cost I mean where they are being drafted, 
I was fading them. So uh, I, I want to start off on that topic just because I just hit on it and uh, get get your guys' opinions here. So, uh, Joe, who, who comes to mind? Um, he's a guy, maybe you're not saying he's going to bust, but you just don't like uh, where he's going at cost and you're going to fade him in your uh, redraft drafts. I don't like Eli Mitchell where he's going right now. He's a little too high for me. And for the Niners and the Patriots, I am always saying, take the guy at the bottom of the list. Like whoever the lowest one is ADP wise, go for that person. Because in that first six, seven rounds, you can't, in my sense, you can't win your redraft league, but you could sure as hell lose it. And if you get Eli Mitchell Mm -hmm. and he's sharing all over the place, with either Jeff Wilson or Hasty or the new rookie that's eluding my mind right now, Davis Price. And it's just you can ruin your team that way. And it's every year. Like one year we fell in love with Mostert. One year we fell in love with Hasty. One year we fell in love with Wilson. None of us could figure out Kyle Shanahan. And he even drafted somebody <laughs> like Trey Sermon and then just said, sit, sit on the bench. Like, I don't even like you. So nobody knows what he's going to do. Just if you want a Niners running back, if you want part of that scheme, don't go as early as Eli Mitchell, who I believe is that ADP 49 that I checked last. And that's way too high for me. Yeah, it's an interesting backfield to say the least, just because again, they brought in another guy. They just brought in, you know, Sermon last year earlier than Mitchell and Jeff Wilson is, is back too. Um, I, I've recently said that I, I, I liked Elijah Mitchell just because of the weeks that he was hundred percent healthy. Um, he was rushing for a lot of yards. He was scoring touchdowns. And the other thing I did like too, is that he was out for like a two week span. And then, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson came in and he actually had like a good game or two. And then the minute that Mitchell came back, like Wilson was not playing that much at all. So it wasn't much of a committee, but I, there's some other asterisks around it. It might be, you know, is it a short leash, uh, situation in that running back room? If one, if, if Mitchell starts off the season and he's not performing well, how, how short is that leash knowing that they got three other guys that obviously they wanted. They wanted Jeff Wilson back there. They wanted uh sermon at some point and uh, uh, Davis price. They wanted as well. And then the other thing is, you know, I'm not a big injury, you know, injury prone guy, but he did miss, miss a decent amount of time last year. So that's another asterisk. So I, I've, uh, he's been a guy I've, I've, I've liked, but I, I, I won't like say that I'm hundred percent comfortable. There's other guys I'm hundred percent comfortable. Deandre, you know, I always talk about him too much. Yeah. I'm hundred percent comfortable, even with the injury <laughs> stuff, but with Mitchell, I can't say the same, but, um, Colin, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on Mitchell? Um, well, obviously the opportunity, um, as of right now, I would say is pretty strong for him because right now he's probably listed as their, their starter. Um, but the one positive aspect I would see out of him, uh, is that uh, to my understanding, I don't think they've brought in any like veteran running back. It's only the guys that they've either had previously or like newly drafted running backs. So I think that's a good sign um, for Mitchell's like value and like his position. Um, and I know that the 49ers don't really care for Sermon at all. They like, he hardly played. And like, even when people were hurt, he wasn't playing. So like, he's probably good as gone at this point, but I think Mitchell has the opportunity, but like you said, Nick, like you were looking at his healthy games because he, he had a lot of unhealthy games and there was like multiple injuries too. So it's like, yeah, it's a little, you're paying for that cost. Um, like Joe was saying, if, if he gets hurt, like you said, you can lose your league, but like he can also help you win it too if he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, teeter totter for him. And the question in the, uh, on the screen here, if you can't see, uh, Nino <clears throat> asks, is Trey Sermon a fade because of TDP, who is the rookie they brought in? Colin pretty much said that uh, 
pretty much from what you said, it sounds like he is a face, especially for redraft. Cause I think the 49ers is a backfield that you'll, you'll look to take the, you know, the handcuff maybe in your redraft league who that's going to be though. I'm not entirely sure, but if I had to throw a dart, I don't know if I'm going to do it on sermon who like, like, I don't know. They, they, they thought he was like gross or something last year. Cause they didn't want nothing to do with this guy. He must've came <laughs> yeah, in and he camp was drafted and higher. Yeah, he was. And he must've came, came into the camp and they're like, dude, what, what do we do here? What do we do here? So, uh, I think TDP, uh, Davis Price, Hurts, you know, some people, you know, people who drafted him in the rookie drafts come out and they'll say like, oh, he's probably going to win the job over Mitchell. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he hurts Sermon more than, yeah, maybe, maybe. But but I think he hurts Sermon more than he hurts, you know, Mitchell. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on Trey Sermon as well. But Colin, uh, who, was, uh, who was your guy that uh, you're fading a bit at, at cost this year? Um, well, actually, Joe alluded to it a little earlier um, with the quarterbacks, like not going for them super early in redraft leagues. And uh, my my player is actually Josh Allen. Um, obviously, great talent, great fantasy player. Uh, I think he's the back to back QB one the last two years. Um, but the only thing that or one of the things that makes me stay away from him at his cost right now, which I think is right before the second round and it's like 23 um, is it's very hard for fantasy players to produce that level of efficiency and production year, year in and year out. I don't think many players repeat as the fantasy positional um, number one, like many times. So it's just that alone is like kind of makes me nervous about him. And I just think there's other players that you can get, at a lower cost that can produce similar like a Lamar, a Kyler or Jalen hurts, which you're getting four five, seven rounds later. It's like, so to me, I think there's more opportunity for other players to kind of produce similar or even better than what Josh Allen can do. Um, I just think just right now that cost is a little too high for me. And I, I usually fade uh, quarterbacks until like the fifth or sixth round at least. So to me, that's just way too high. And I'd rather get a, a stud running back or a stud wide receiver at that spot. And uh, Joe, same same uh, same question going back to you. Um, how are you feeling about uh, uh, Josh Allen from uh, what Colin said, or or your own opinion about um, uh, redraft leagues? Yeah, and I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like we love Josh Allen; he's a great player, but he's just really high up in that ADP right now. And like you said. I could get a Kyler, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance. Like, I can get somebody with that running upside who can also throw the ball and get me touchdown that way, too. So, I'm just exactly. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to build it up elsewhere. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm on the same page. Um, and uh, Kevin is not in the chat. He says Joe is wrong no matter what. So, maybe he's <laughs> not on the, on the same page. I don't know if I want to be on the same page then. Uh, but – Josh Allen. So looking at like fantasy pros, ADP rankings for, uh, you know, positions for, um, this coming season, PPR, Josh Allen's at 23 overall. So here's some guys around him. I'm going to start at 20. So CD lamb, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, then it's Josh Allen, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. So that group of guys, I think you can argue that, you know, a good chunk of those guys. So obviously Mark Andrews is probably going to, finish somewhere between one and three, right? Uh, just just being safe about it. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, those guys are all guys that for their position, same with A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, you might argue that they can be top 12 for their position. And if you pivot 
from Josh Allen and you wait for uh, a Jalen Hurts later in the the draft or a Lamar Jackson, you can take one of those positional players that probably will finish top 12 and grab that quarterback that maybe won't finish as high as Josh Allen, but might have that same sort of rushing floor and passing upside and fill out your team better. And I think that's something I, I, I've done more so with the, um, with the redraft leagues is like not really bite on the quarterback. I think I I'll bite on the tight end um, depending on how, you know, my strategy and how the board is falling to me, but I don't really bite on the quarterback because I feel like then you miss out filling your roster the way it can be. Yeah, only to yeah. gain like a few more point like advantage per game. And it's not like yeah, unless it's like ten or fifteen points per game difference, like it's not gonna be that much of a of a fall off. Yeah. Yeah, and like you guys said, you know, you mentioned Andrews and you mentioned Lamar. You could get them both if you just took Andrews in the one and Lamar later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just the way you uh the way you want to fill out your team at the end of the day. But uh you'll 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 have people that will reach on the quarterback tonight. If I had to rank quarterbacks for next year, I'll probably still have Allen as, as one. But you'll see in your home league sometimes, like, it's the first round. It's like the 110, and somebody takes Josh Allen. You're like, holy shit. Like, now the whole draft just came <laughs> right there. Um, so that's a, it's always an interesting topic there. But uh, I want to go and shift over. And, you know, I, I was going to type these out in advance, but uh, I'm just going to do it on the fly here. Smash the ADP is going to be the next one. So we're talking about guys we don't really like their price. Um, for this coming season is based off of where they're going in drafts. Now we're looking at guys. So ADP, this is where, you know, guys are being drafted either in general, you know, as a whole or for their specific position. So uh, looking at guys that you feel like can smash their ADP, let's go, uh, Colin, who, who's a guy that comes to mind for you is uh, where they're going right now. You're like, he's finishing ahead. Is that uh, for right now? I would say I was actually taking a look earlier. Um, I had one guy in mind, but then I changed my mind just because I was just looking more into it. Um, for me, it's not really a guy I'm targeting, but I think if I get him at this price, I, I feel like it's a no brainer. And for me, it's uh, Robert Woods because for right now, and I know Robert Woods is one of your guys, um, has always been, so yeah. I know you probably like that. And so for me, the reason why <laughs> is because. Right now, he's going as the wide receiver 42, according to Fantasy Pros, uh, for PPR. And mm-hmm. to me, he's right now, he's Tennessee's wide receiver one. I know they drafted Traylon Burks and everything um, associated with that, but he's also had his issues with his asthma and his ability to probably stay on the field like longer than I'm sure the team would want him to be. So, in my eyes, uh, from what I've or from what I've read, I think his recovery from the ACL is going well, and he kind of uh, tore it later into the season. So that's a, that's a good sign, especially for someone at his age. So I think getting someone or a team's wide receiver one that late, uh, I think it was overall 99, is, uh, is a steal to me. So I think for him, for me, I would smash that every time and, and in all I- caps. In all caps, the <laughs> part too, I, I like that part you you uh, you mentioned though because it goes back to what we talked about earlier about like identifying guys that are going later that have that potential to be the number one. And just four days ago on the sleeper app, it says Robert Woods expected to be number one option. And you know I'm not out on Traylon Burks, but I I I, I look at Robert Woods who uh, 2018 through 2020 has had 130, 139, and 129 targets. So he's obviously a guy that has handled volume very well in the past 
Uh, just as recent as 2020, weeks 1 through 16, he uh, was the wide receiver 12 overall. He averaged 15.8 fantasy points, so he legit just was a top 12 wide receiver, which kind of like jacked me up for my Cooper Cup ranking coming into this year. I was like, big whiff there. But, <laughs> but I think people, you know, they see Traylon Burks, and, you know, he's a big guy that was super uh, productive and used in a, a wide variety of ways that got drafted when they got rid of A.J. Brown, and they don't look at – at, you know, Robert Woods stepping in and, and being a, a true veteran. My only, I don't know that, I don't know the the timeline. I, I thought, like you said, he, he seems to be on track for the start of the season. That'd be my only question mark there with him. But I'm, I'm with you because, again, if you're you're uh, looking at a guy who literally just finished as a wide receiver one, and now he's going as uh, the wide receiver 42, I know sometimes uh, the uh, the ACL injuries um, are, are uh, delay some people, but um, I think it's more for the running back position, but I'm not like a, a doctor or anything, but Joe, Joe, yeah, I was going to, I was actually <laughs> going to say like, it's not, it's not like in comparison to JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards right yeah, now, like they're, yeah. they're expected to be on the pup and they, they tore theirs pre season. So like, that's, that's interesting. If, if that's he's already lot. like not getting that negative news, I feel like, like, like they say no news or what is it? No, like, yeah, no news is good news or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that's a good sign uh, towards him. So I mean, we'll we'll see here coming they, in the next few weeks. They had the videos of him at, at camp doing drills and stuff, and he, he's he's pumping the legs and stuff. So uh, I'm I'm hoping he's ready week one because I, I like that a lot too. I think he'll he'll be a guy I try to target because I know he's gonna fall down draft boards. He's not like a sexy pick. Um, Joe Joe, any Robert Woods thoughts? I mean, I feel like the entire Titans team is not a sexy pick, to be honest with you. But, but if I have to take someone, I'm taking Robert Woods. We've heard too much of the negative with Burks right now with the asthma and everything you've hit on already. So I 100% agree. I'm going to take that shot to try to get a late wide receiver one from a team. Woods is going to be on that little menu for me. All right, and who who is, uh, who is your guy? Same topic, a guy that you feel can smash their ADP for this coming season. So my guy is Chase Edmonds, and I think I never shut up about Chase Edmonds, to be completely honest with you. I, I love Chase Edmonds. Um, we know what he could do. We've seen what he's done in Arizona. Like He was able to get those receptions. He did it in 12 games. But the biggest thing for me is that a team doesn't pay a running back anymore. They just draft them and then get rid of them when the years are done for the rookie contract. So the Dolphins actually brought him in and said, we want you because you fit our scheme. Now, yeah, you could bring in, you know, Sony Michelle, Raheem Moser, two guys that don't scare me whatsoever. One can't even stay healthy. One is just kind of boring and dull in the game. But I, I like Chase Edmonds. Like, he had 116 carries last year in 12 games. I think he can obviously do more than that if he stays healthy. But if you pay a running back in this day and age, you better use them. And I think with Ty- Tyree Kill and Waddle and just Siki all running routes, that box should be open. I, I, I like that point a lot because, uh, you know, we, we see these crowded uh, backfields sometimes and, and we're like, well, who's going to be the guy? But sometimes, you know, the the um, the future is in the in what the money is. And you say, hey, well, like this guy's making X amount and, and these guys are not, which is not always the case because we've seen, you know, other guys step up and win jobs before. But uh, Chase Edmonds, I, I like Chase Edmonds as well because uh, um, I feel like where he's going in drafts is around the like handcuff um, area for running backs. Because I was looking at the ADP, I think this morning it was running back 34. 
So like Michael Carter's around there. Michael Carter exactly is not going to beat out Brees Hall. That I don't. No. I, I would. I would bet a lot of money that he's not going to beat beat out <laughs> Brees Hall. Well, is is he a dead running back? I don't think so. I think he's still going to have a role in everything. But I think oh, that 100%. Edmonds has that ability to lead his team in touches. And then we got uh, Kenneth Walker or Ken Walker. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that, don't, um, don't mess that up. Whoa, I know. Whoa. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna get like a DM and be like, "Bruh, like, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Mel- Melvin man. Gordon. Melvin Gordon's good too, but I, I, I don't think I'd project him to lead his backfield, and I think he still can have a good uh, uh, season. But Chase Edmonds, uh, 2021 weeks one through eight, he was the running back 17 with 50 percent of those games being a 14 plus fantasy points, and he had like four to seven catches somewhere in that range in each of those games. Um, which you like to uh, to have for PPR leagues, and it's you know it's an explosive offense. He's the pass catching guy. Sony Michelle like kind of can Raheem Mostert like probably not. So you got the pass catching guy that got paid and might lead his team in touches. I'm on board with Chase Edmonds, and I really have never been on board with Chase Edmonds. But uh, yeah, I throw out, and, like, and he gives guy. you he gives you that ability to do hero ball with your draft. You can go mm-hmm. like let's just throw somebody's name out there, Dalvin Cook wide receivers all the way through and then chase Edmonds around that eight, nine round. And you're perfect. Yeah. Colin, any uh, chase Edmonds thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was actually going to piggyback off what you said about the, um, or you said about uh, like (laughs) where, like what he's going, where he's going around. Um, Like if if it's between him and Michael Carter, like obviously like Brees Hall is the new, the new guy in town. So if I can get the possible starter, on Miami or like at least the PPR guy in Miami like I'll take that all day over like someone who's probably going to sit um or just be like kind of the the backup uh in another uh backfield I think we're I think we're on the same page but I don't think the the ADP is uh um on the same page because uh, again he hasn't really changed too too much uh even with the Miami um signing so uh again also like having uh Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle who we know is are going to open up the field and stretch the field. Sometimes that opens up a shit ton of stuff in the middle of the field and, and for the guy out of the backfield. So if he's one catching passes and you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill going deep and, you know, having that distraction that might open him up uh, a whole, uh, a whole lot of um, space moving forward. So I, I do like uh, how this offense is, but uh, my guy, um, I went, I, you know, I feel like I talk about the same guys like too much all the time. So I, you know, I just did a, I just did a, a thread today of like guys that I think uh, are going to be breakouts. So I try to pivot away from those guys, but I'm going to go pretty deeper here. And I'm going to go Jahan Dotson, who right now is the wide receiver 63. And I like Dotson, you know, in college, number 18 overall in receiving yards, number 12 in receptions. He tied for eighth for touchdowns for all of college football. He got taken 16th overall, uh, went to Penn State. Commanders came in and grabbed him. He went ahead of, of Burks. He went ahead of Christian Watson and Sky Moore and George Pickens. Uh, 98.5 yards per game in 2021. He had a 41% dominator rating, meaning that's the percent of his team's receiving production. Uh, and he was one of the uh, highest in that category. So uh, if we look at him as a prospect, um, not, you know, some some knocks on him, a little bit later of a breakout age. You know, he's not the biggest guy. Um, he probably did have the worst QB out of the, uh, the, the first and second round wide receivers in this class, but he profiles as a guy yeah. that um, had a has a good catch and run ability. He's got a lot of speed. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel is he, is he going to be the two or is it Dotson? 
Right now, OTAs is kind of saying Dotson. So I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, the other thing is Terry's situation is kind of up for grabs right now, too, because I don't think that they've made that deal. Uh, and they said they're not going to trade him, but they also said the same thing about A.J. Brown with the Titans. I mean, he could be traded, and then out of nowhere, we got a rookie that might be the one on this team. So there's some upside um, to Dotson, especially if he does win that uh, wide receiver two job. And uh, where he's going in drafts, again, if I'm building my my redraft team, he's going as wide receiver 63. That might be one of the bottom picks of the draft that I can just, you know, throw him on my bench. And if he's getting five to seven targets week one and two, then I'm going to hold on to him. But if he's not really playing and the snap percentages is down, then maybe I, you know, pivot off of him. But uh, what, what's your, Colin, we'll go Colin, Joe, what, what's any thoughts on Dotson? I think with the price, I feel like the, the shot's worth it. Cause I mean, it's not like you're, it's not like you're spending a high draft pick um, getting him or anything like that. So I think the only thing is just it's, it's just hard to tell what's going on with that whole wide receiver room. Like, cause yeah. like you said, Terry is still undecided. Curtis Samuel still probably hurt his hamstring again or something just now. <laughs> um, so, like, it's really – it's tough. I mean, if, if those two roles aren't filled, I mean, someone's got to step up. And, I mean – it's not going to be uh, with Anthony Gandy Golden or something. Remember that? He's a tight end. That, that He's experiment. a tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. See? That's and he's going to try quarterback next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's also style. a backup kicker. So it, it's, yeah. a wild, it's a wild ride out there in, uh, in Washington. So I don't know. I think, like, but like I said, I think just with the, with the cost, it really doesn't do you anything. It doesn't do you any bad. Because if it hits, then, like, you have um, – if like say you play in a keeper league, there you go. There's your keeper in the what? I can't. What do you know? What his ADP yeah. is right now? That that's in. Yeah. Uh, why? So I, I wrote wide receiver sixty three. So overall, it's got to yeah. be pretty pretty low down there. That's almost undrafted. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, like, he went in so the fourteenth like, round of a mock for me today. Interesting. Yeah. Exactly. So at, yeah. at the end of, at the end of your draft, if you can get someone who can potentially be like a wide receiver two, wide receiver one. If like if the situation uh, is at hand, steal. All right, yeah. Joe. Joe, what's your what's your thoughts on uh, Dotson? Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. Well, I've said it so many times with the wide receiver. One thing he has an opportunity to do that, so we're gonna skip right over that point. Um, I actually just did a video on this, and hopefully my audio holds up well enough to get through it because I don't know why it keeps kicking back and forth on me. But he gets good. the Lions, he gets the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Titans in the first five weeks. So for me, this could be the easiest breakout for him because and I'm gonna read a few stats off when I get down to it. But the Jags have allowed the seventh most receptions last year to wide receiver positions. The Lions allowed the ninth most yards to the wide receiver position. And then the Titans in week five, who is their opponent, they've allowed the fourth most touchdowns to the wide receivers, the second most yards, the second most receptions, and the second most fantasy points. So at that round, at that draft price, you, you got to go for it. But at that draft price, you might as well go for it. And if Terry's out, he's going to be in every one of my DFS lineups, pretty much. Oh, yeah. If Terry's out, he's going in every DFS lineup, and I don't even care what his price is. But everyone's always saying, but it's Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. Carson Wentz will be good for the first four or five weeks, and then mentally he'll crash and he'll lose to, like, <laughs> oh, he might lose to the Jaguars, but at least we'll get some yards out of it. <laughs> Man, he's yeah, gonna he's gonna. I had to watch. I had to watch him personally. I had to watch him personally. So we got four or five. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Crap. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, so you you do have a uh, Wentz jersey though, right, Joe, or no? 
I had a Wentz jersey. I taped it up. I didn't know that. A Tebow jersey. I made it a Tebow jersey. Oh, my God. (laughs) And now I gave it away. So I don't have it. You're a jersey taper? Yeah, well, just because I love Tebow and I wasn't going to go buy a Tebow jersey. So. No, no, I'm just playing. As long as you're not one of those, like, bur- burn the jersey guys. and you know, No, the only time I've yeah, ever burned the jersey, I burned, uh, like, a Foreman Mills Atlanta Falcons jersey. It had no name, no number on it when we beat them the first time the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. And that doesn't count because nobody was on it. And I'm All pretty right. sure it was missing the N from Falcons, which shouldn't have been on the jersey anyway. So it was all types of goofy. Yeah, yeah. I have so many that I probably have like the 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 leeway to do that, but but again, it's just like the strangest thing in sports is when they're like burn the jersey, like that's gonna do something. Like the guy, like the guy's like in a different state, he like feels it somehow. Like ah, he he, he demos you your money back. You get like a little thing from Carson Wentz. Like here's a hundred dollars. Like Nick could burn a he could burn a jersey every trade that happens. You really could. That's true. That's true. And. uh I think we had uh, uh next one on the list. I want to shift over because uh, we're getting, we got 40 minutes in Uh big breakout. So uh, again, a little bit different because, you know, beating your ADP doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have a massive breakout because, um, you know, I did a thread for breakouts earlier and I to try to define it for myself, but fantasy, some of these terms um, are different person to person. Um, my definition might be different than Collins and, and Joe's same with like sleeper and bust. That's just, we kind of know what it means, but we kind of perceive it in different ways. But I, I perceive it as a player who takes a significant leap in their overall fantasy finish for their position. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe they finished the wide receiver 25 last year, and now they're going to be the wide receiver 5. That's a huge breakout. There's a huge difference in what happened. Or maybe it's uh, they they smashed their current ADP in their first season. So I, I, I had a threat earlier in, like, Brees Hall. We can't compare what he did last year. He's a rookie. Travis Etienne can't compare what he did. Last year, he was hurt, so it uh, kind of fits that category as well. But, uh, Colin, big breakout. Who is it for you? Um, for me this year, it's actually it's funny because of probably what Joe has to say against it. But <laughs> I think it's uh, going to be Rashad Bateman. And it's, it's really nothing like I think he's going to have, like, this crazy year or anything like that. I just think with the opportunity he has – um, it's just it's really the sky's the limit for him this year because right now he's going into the season as the wide receiver one, not the number one target, but the wide receiver one for the team or for the Ravens. So and I think him and Lamar had hit or him and Lamar had like some games together, but I think he had like more of his games were with Tyler Huntley, if if I'm mistaken. Uh but I know it wasn't it was like kind of a split. It wasn't like all Lamar, but I just think with what he showed like they has he has the ability to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. I think like the, if if he wasn't, I don't see why they wouldn't have made a move to get someone else. Like maybe like a Julio, which I know they're rumored to get him or something like that. But yeah. I just think the opportunity there because he's going, he's not even a wide receiver three in terms of uh, off the board. So I think he can easily be a wide receiver three, if not a wide receiver two, just based on. Because Lamar, he's a good quarterback. Like people like to say, all oh, all he does is run. But like last year, until he got hurt, he was actually throwing the ball very well. And he like he usually always has. He just like if you're gonna if you can run like that, why would you throw the ball and risk turning it over? Sometimes you know, like sometimes yeah. you just gotta use your athleticism and run. But I just think with the opportunity that Bateman has this year, I don't see why he couldn't break out and like 
have a good season if he stays healthy, obviously. And uh, like, uh, I just want to add to your Lamar Jackson point uh, before the bye. Um, I think it was the first, like, uh, I, I should have wrote it down somewhere, but before the, the Ravens by, um, this past season, Lamar Jackson was number seven in passing yards. So he actually was passing the ball enough to be top 10, you know, where some people perceive him as being a guy that, um, you know, is, is in the bottom, like, uh, 25 to like 32 range or something for, for passing exactly. yards. But, uh, Rashad Bateman and I'll go to Joe and, uh, after this, but, uh, uh, 27th overall pick. So day one guy in 2020, you know, he started the season off banged up. Um, but right when he came in, he, he saw targets almost immediately. And uh, we saw a glimpse week 14, seven catches for 103 receiving yards, 17.3 fantasy points. So that's, you know, shows uh, his ability uh, of what he can do. Could he do it consistently? I think that's the big question mark or will the volume be consistent? But Hollywood's out of the, the system, you know, who had seven games, of 10 plus targets. So, uh, it's an interesting opportunity. Some people are, are very high. Some people are a little bit skeptical. And Joe, I, this is like, you know, something we were going to talk about later, but we should just pivot right into it for you. Uh, you, you listed him as a guy that you felt was pretty polarizing. So does that mean that you have just a lot of questions about Bateman or are you kind of out on Bateman or what's your thoughts? I am all over the board on Bateman because yeah, he's got 146 open targets from Marquise Brown leaving that are up there. And yes, he's a wide receiver one. And we've talked about it so much, I'm not going to say that again. But like, <laughs> I worry because that's the most that the Ravens have thrown while having Lamar Jackson. They want to get back to that run scheme. That's who they are at their core. And I just worry if that's going to be possible with him and Andrews there. And, and, and obviously, this all depends on, like you were saying, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, like if the backs are healthy, if they're healthy, that's what scares me from Bateman. That's why he's lower than a guy like Mooney for me. I like Mooney over him. Again, because it's wide receiver one, but I just think they'll throw to him more because they're going to be behind and all that fun stuff. But with Lamar running and if those two backs are healthy running, I just, I get nervous. He's one of the few that has me like bouncing back and forth. Some days I love him, some days I don't. And it really just kind of depends on how I build my team because if he's like the third, fourth receiver I have, I don't care as much. If he's my second, yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. And, and and I I like I like I like that we're talking about something like this because I feel like when you talk fantasy football or you know you produce content at you know any degree that people kind of look at you and say like you can't have these guys that you're kind of on the fence with and you're juggling around in your rankings. Everybody expects you to be in or out or have you yeah, know no where you think they are and that's just not how it goes sometimes, you know. I We I think all yeah. yeah, we all started just like anyone who's watching this that doesn't write content. We were all just fans of the game, not really knowing everything. We don't know everything right now, so there's going to be points where we're all like, oh, damn, what the hell do I do? Yeah, yeah, and the, the, the range of outcomes, especially for the wide receiver position, is 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 lengthy, just to say the least. You got guys yeah. that can finish top 15 or top, like, 30. You know, I mean, it, and, and you say, well, well, that's not a huge difference, but it, it is. It is, especially when you're taking guys at certain points in the draft. But, um, Joe, Joe, I do want to go uh, – we'll shift right into your guy uh, for big breakout. Uh, I like this pick as well. Who is it? I like Russell Gage, and this is yet another player I won't shut the hell up about, apparently. Um, no no Gronk. As of now, no Gronk. As of now, Godwin probably – Yeah, he's going to miss a few games, Godwin at least. I think Godwin and Gronk are both going to show up like midseason. But we both – we all know. We're here to AB, win. Yeah, right? 
A and B is not showing up whatsoever. So now you're talking about Gronk being out, Godwin being out, Antonio Brown not being allowed anywhere near the NFL, Mike Evans being the only one there, and Tom Brady recruits Russell Gage to come in. So if Tom Brady sees something, then I need to see something. And on top of all that, if if it ends up being Fat Leonard Fournette and he doesn't drop the weight and the run game's not moving as well too, I just there's just so many like positive what ifs for Russell Gates that he has to do something. And I will never question Tom Brady because the dude just lives at the Super Bowl. So he knows more than I do about football. Yeah, it, it was definitely interesting to see, you know, him voice and say that he wanted Russell Gage, which like I like Russell Gage too, but if I was like if somebody's like, guess who Tom Brady said he wants? I would never just be never like, him. Russell Gage. Like, I would never yeah. say that. <laughs> never. Um, this past season, following the bye week 7 through 17, so the rest of the fantasy season from week 7 on when he was getting some volume, uh, Gage was the, the wide receiver 21 uh, overall, which was, was good. It showed that he could handle some volume. Uh, three weeks over 20 fantasy points if we counted that, that week 18. And, you know, you look at this offense, it's a pass-heavy offense. Tom Brady wanted him there. Chris Godwin, I don't think I, I know Colin, I know that's uh, one of your guys and, and I'm not out on Chris Godwin, but part of me thinks that they want Chris Godwin 150% for the playoffs. Like, I'm not going to say that he's not going to play next season, but I don't, I don't think that they're going to rush him back necessarily. If he's on track, then he, he's good. But if, but if he's going through his, his rehab and they're like, Hey, you know what? We're winning games without you right now. We need you first round of the playoffs. Then maybe they don't rush him back. So you know, that that opens up even a longer uh, spell for Russell Gage. Plus, if you think about it, I was kind of out on Russell Gage a little bit at first because I'm like, hey, as soon as Godwin is back, like his value is going to shift. But last year went, went with Antonio Brown, who I'm not comparing them to at all. But I'm saying, you know, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Gronk, you could have played those guys on a weekly basis for fantasy football. So that still yeah. kind of shows that even with Godwin back there, there is a ceiling for um, Russell Gage, who again is, is not going very high in a uh, fantasy football drafts, but, uh, Colin, Colin, you, you, uh, same page as Gage or, or not, not as into him for this coming season. Uh, for redraft, I, I like him for the first, I would say like six, six to eight games, just because obviously that's probably when he'll get most of his opportunity. Not saying like, like you said, not saying it'll fade away, but I just think once, Godwin does come back because he's kind of like, believe it or not, he's kind of Brady's security blanket. Like, yeah, Evans yeah. is a big play guy. Godwin's kind of like that. He's always in the middle of the field open. So, like, it's just it's tough to say. I, I like the opportunity for sure. I have I have a few shares of him in Dynasty that I'm excited for for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's it's tough to say because I think I I do agree. I think they will not rush Godwin back because they know what a healthy Godwin does for them. So, yeah. and they're like, they're not, they're not necessarily, they don't need him to come back soon. So I think it's just better to like get him healthy, but I, I do like gauge where he's going because of what you can get for a few weeks. And like in redraft, all you have to do is just win each week. Like you don't have to, it's yeah. not like dynasty where you have to think about the future and like next year or anything. You just have to win, win those when and if you win early, it makes the rest of the season easier. So like God or Gage can be that guy for you to help win those like chunk of games in the beginning of the year. Also saw some like best ball strategies where guys will take like a Russell Gage and then 
like later in the draft. Uh, I mean, I don't know about later. I'd have to look at ADP, but like balance him off with like a Jamison Williams who like is the opposite. He might not like be relevant for the first six games and then the rest Both of the season he nice, might yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's I great, that's yeah. Thing, but Smart. Um, I like it. Yeah. yeah the best ball is uh, taking over a lot of stuff right now. So yeah. uh, the, the strategy My wallet. Can- yeah, 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 it, yeah, takes exactly. away, it takes away all the heartache. Like you don't, know, you don't have yeah. to worry about like, oh, do I start this guy or that guy? It's like they yeah. got it. You <laughs> can apply. You can apply some things to to redraft as well. But uh, let's let's fly through this uh, this last uh, topic here. We we kind of went through um, Joe's pick, which was Rashad Bateman. But this last one, uh, polarizing players for twenty twenty two. So again, it's it's normal to be like, I don't know, you know, exactly where I'm ranking this guy right now. I'm kind of on the fence. I'll start things off, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. But Michael Thomas, uh, wide receiver 24 right now for Fantasy Pros PPR. Um, 2018, 125 uh, for 14.05. So that's a lot of catches for good receiving yards and nine touchdowns. 2019, 149 receptions, which is just, like, unbelievable. Like, there's a majority of the the, the league doesn't even see that amount of targets. Uh, for 17.25, and nine touchdowns. So back-to-back nine touchdown seasons, back-to-back seasons above 1,400 receiving yards. Just insane. 2019, he was the wide receiver one with 366.9 PPR points. The next guy had 276. So, like, he was, like, almost 100 points ahead of the wide receiver two. So that's how much of a baller he was uh, that season. But the last two years hasn't been relevant, hasn't been useful for the fantasy world. It's a, it's a strange situation because I guess, like, you know, they he needed to get some sort of uh, procedure done. It was delayed. There was some back and forths with uh, with the Saints. Um, it's been this two year like ankle issue. And the price tag at wide receiver twenty four that's a big gamble to me because you're saying he's going to be a wide receiver two, and you have to actually draft him at that spot. Meaning you are you are drafting a a decent pick at that position. So I, I'm kind of on the fence because I I see the guy that can break fantasy. And he's probably not going to be that guy ever again just because he's, he's a little bit older now. But then I also see a guy that has not been in the fantasy world for two years now. So in all honesty, I don't know if I should rank him as 24 or 44 or 12. Like, I'm all over the place with Michael Thomas. But uh, we'll go Joe Collin. What's your Michael Thomas thoughts? Michael Thomas is a do not draft for me. I don't know anybody who could take two years off from playing a professional sport come back and annihilate it still. The only person is like Michael Jordan, and he's just not that. Like, you know, he's just not that level of talent in this sport. So it's it's not going to – it's just not going to happen to me. They went out. They got Chris Olave for a reason, I think, in case Michael Thomas can't be there. And if Michael Thomas is great, then they have a one-two punch. But I just – I don't see it for Michael Thomas. And he did all those, like, the 2018s, the 2019s. That's Drew Brees. Like, that's not even Jameis Winston. That's a whole different style of quarterback for me with a whole different coach now. Like you said, this angle took two years to heal. He wanted out or he wanted in or he wanted out or he wanted in. It was always back and forth. And I'm just – I'm not touching that. It's too high for me to touch that. Colin, same with you, or do you have a little bit more optimism for Michael Thomas? Yeah, I – I'm the same way. I'm. He's on my, like, do not draft list. Um, unless he like falls like heavily, yeah. but like I'd much rather I'd much rather take Alave where he's going compared to where uh, Michael Thomas is going, just because he probably won't see that type of volume because 
last time Jameis Winston gave anyone that type of volume, he threw 30 interceptions. So I doubt he's going to be slinging the ball like that uh, to him this year, especially if he can't even get on the field. Like that's still the biggest question mark, which is the weirdest thing. So like to me, it's just, I don't even want to take the chance. It's like, it's almost like Christian McCaffrey, but we know what Christian McCaffrey, like he's going to be, he's back. Like we know his situation with Michael Thomas. We don't know what's going on with him like as much as, a CMC. So like to me, I'd rather just take, I'd rather take even Landry like later than Michael Thomas at this point right now. And, and a guy like McCaffrey, we, we, we last year, even though he missed time again, we saw him have elite games last year, not two years yeah. ago with Michael Thomas. Yeah. So no, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm team, team Michael team. Thomas hasn't played in COVID. Has he like at all? I don't think so. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. He either. was pre-pandemic. He is COVID. He's COVID. <laughs> yeah. 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 That might just be part of his like his uh, his issue coming back. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Some, some sort of a uh, deep fear of uh of coming back <laughs> to the league. Uh, but Colin, Colin, let's go. Let's uh let's finish the show off with uh with your polarizing guy, and then we'll we'll close things up as we uh, get close to our mark here. Cool. Yeah. Mine's it's really not too complicated. It's just because I have no idea what type of quarterback situation this guy is uh, running into although we did see some of it last year it's really hard to predict but uh, my guy is DK Metcalf Uh, obviously out of out of worldly talent like the dude can ball dude athletic specimen but Geno Smith or Drew Locke's throwing him the ball this year and I don't know about you but I think Geno Smith has only started like what four or five games the last four or five years so if that's his starting quarterback going into the season, which I think right now, like, that's the plan, even though Pete Carroll loves Drew Locke, um, I just – I can't – I think he's wide receiver, going as wide receiver 14 right now. Let me see if that's correct. Or, no, wide receiver 15. So, to me, that's just way too rich uh, to have as your probably wide receiver two on your team. Maybe even wide receiver one, depending on how you go. Um, but that's just that price is just too high, too too high for a player that I really just I can't I can't be confident in his QB situation to where he's going to score a lot of points, in, even touchdowns. Like I I can see his touchdowns going way down this year just because I don't really see this offense being super high powered or anything like that. So for me, yeah, I just I'd rather I'd rather be wrong than have him and be upset that I took. Yeah, I, I I can feel you there. Um, the 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 counter the the counter side before I I, I agree with you on, on some things. Um, this past season, weeks five through eight, uh, Geno Smith played uh fifty four percent or more of the snaps, so he was the quarterback for a majority of those games. Uh, DK for those uh handful of weeks was the wide receiver four overall, uh, averaged nineteen fantasy points but it's a small sample size and we're kind of nitpicking. So he actually had some decent games with Geno Smith. Um, Geno Smith, I will say this too. uh, I don't know if he's getting in trouble or anything, or if he's going to have any sort of suspension, uh, but he did have this DUI situation. um, Not super, super long ago. Yeah. Um, uh, Let me look at Drew Locke and you can say, well, like Drew Locke, when he was like YOLO chucking it up to Cortland Sutton that one season, like Sutton actually pretty, pretty decent as like a deep threat. But I, I think Drew Locke is terrible. Um, maybe maybe you can prove me wrong this year. So, um, there, there's like you, you can find really signs. 
Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's tough because you can like find. I like DK a lot. You can find side, you know, signs say you know his athletic ability and he can take the top off of a uh, a defense. But I don't think this offense is going to be good, which I think matters more for the wide receiver position than it does for like a running back position because you see running backs have good seasons for fantasy when their team's not that good. Um, I, I think this offense is going to struggle a bit, and I don't like the the quarterback situation. Um, and DK last season had a lot of down weeks uh, with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was pretty bad in some of those games, but he is he is he is interesting because if if it was still Russell Wilson, you'd be putting him inside your top twelve, maybe potentially. Um, so it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's very different. But Joe, Joe, are you still kind of in on DK? Are you out? What's the, what's the word before we close things out? Uh, I don't really want anybody from Seattle. I don't want to draft from that offense to be fair i'm hoping drew lock is the starter for my dynasty share so i'm just gonna save it on every show until the season starts <laughs> so i can so i can use him at least but i kind of see yeah exactly i kind of see this like i was just saying with the 49ers running backs like i could either have dk at his adp or tyler lockett at his adp like three four rounds later i'll just get the cheaper guy if i'm taking somebody from the offense Give me the cheaper guy. I, I know it's Tyler Lockett was more amazing because he had Russell Wilson. I don't really want either of them, but I could get Tyler Lockett again as like my fourth wide receiver instead of DK as my second and not feel so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. That's fair at the end of the day. Maybe maybe in a couple weeks from now when uh, when DK Metcalf's uh, in Chicago, then we'll we'll have a, a different um, a different outlook for him, and uh, we'll we'll all be on the same page and know exactly where where to rank this guy. But uh, <laughs> We just hit the hour mark, so I want to make sure I, I, I uh, let these guys go at a, at a decent uh, hour here and uh, make sure that they plug where to find them because these guys are on Twitter all the time, super active and uh, great parts of the, uh, the the fantasy community. So I really appreciate you guys coming back on the show after my first show took a shit on us, and and this one actually <laughs> went pretty pretty good. So, Joe, Joe, where can we find you on uh, on Twitter and anything you want to plug before we close it? Yeah, I mean, it was just my audio this time that was screwing up, but – you can just find me anywhere you, on any social media, JPEP20. I'll have some articles coming out for Fantasy Pros soon, a couple more videos for Club Fantasy coming out, uh, the Tripwire podcast with Triple Play. We do it every Tuesday, comes out every Thursday. So just keep an eye on that because we're doing Dynasty stuff right now until the season starts because we're trying to fill some uh, some of the boring time in the NFL offseason. Yeah. Yeah, always uh, looking for stuff to talk about. But once you hit it and it works out, it's it's well worth it, especially during this time of year. People are slowly getting more and more interested. But uh, Colin, same question. Uh, where can we find you on social media and anything you want to plug before we uh, close the show? Yeah, man, uh, you can find me at, uh, at Shotgun Fantasy on Twitter. Um, my hope is to have some more content for you guys here soon uh, from the IDP guys. Just like I said, just kind of dealing with this wedding it's less than like two months away so i'm just trying to get all those details situated and whatnot so um kind yeah, of important I, it, yeah you know like little things you know here and there gotta pay for like all these Everyone. all these payments that just <laughs> happen to pop up every now and then um, but no it was it was it was truly like an honor of being on here with you all and talking football yeah. man it was, it was really fun i appreciate it and um yeah man you guys are the shit Appreciate it. Hey, yeah, it was hey, fun, hey, man. There we go. There we go. Uh, if you guys are not following these guys already, make sure you guys change that after you uh, listen to the show. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Colin and I have a, have a live 
uh, draft this this week coming up, right? Uh, Scott Fishbowl, Chicago. Yeah, it's a tournament. I think some some people have heard of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. I've been Never trying to do some, some research about it. Uh, great cause, <laughs> but uh, we'll be there. Uh, I probably shouldn't have actually went to a, a thing like that because my daughter's birthday is the next day. So hopefully, I'm not like uh, struggling big time. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and uh, let's uh, let's keep rolling this off season and help you guys play to win. Have a good night.